later on this episode. As first, you have to think about what is a great outcome, because depending on who you are and what your aspirations are, it's going to vary or based on your knowledge. Uh, you know, a lot of kids are so limited in their own knowledge that they don't understand that even pursuing a path and not getting where you thought you wanted to go can be extremely beneficial. Like pursuing a professional, like I want to be a professional athlete. And then being able to get a full-ride college scholarship and being able to interact and network with kids who are going to go on and, um, you know, be successful in their own right or have family or friends who are successful and to build that network, to um, educate yourself, to experience people that are coming from different parts of the world, different cultures. Um, I mean, there's something great about just being able to put yourself in that position. I'm super excited to be together with my good friend, John Horford. Um, man, we we talked about this for a minute. It's kind of like, hey, how do you introduce uh the family the history of the family uh the consistent achievements achievements by the family and uh john is an extremely talented athlete uh somewhat yeah somewhat. i, I, I love know. the humility and that's why we're friends just so everybody just check that that's why we are friends uh the humility matters uh, but he's an extremely talented athlete. I always think about like the 1% of the 1% of the 1% make it to programs like John did playing division one basketball at the university of Michigan, one of the greatest programs in the country, um, an entrepreneur. He and his wife, Christina, wildly more talented than him. And it's Christina Capron. 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 Uh, she, she doesn't even, she's like, I don't know how to pronounce it. They don't know. The Capron. dad doesn't know. And, but it, there's no H in the Christina. Correct. And so we need to make sure that we're looking her up and following what she's doing. She's got this incredible fitness app. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. And ultimately, the other thing I love about John is he started Blueprint Athletes. Uh, check that out. And lastly, we've got some political aspirations. And I'm going to jump into all of those, John, after I welcome you. And then I ask you the four questions that I ask every guest. Can't wait. Fair? Fair. Okay. So my buddy, John Horford, number one, what is your favorite color? Oh, black. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, this is how I dress all the time. It's not a joke. <laughs> Like my closet is, yeah. He's literally not black. Hey, gang, just so you know, his socks are black and his boots are black. Uh, Everything's black. You can't see it. Yes. Okay. (laughs) A favorite afternoon snack? Salsa and chips. Love it. Love it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Favorite childhood superhero? Make it good. <laughs> man i'm not he's like none i'm the worst that's the thing i don't have there are comics that i enjoy yeah and things like that but i i don't have favorites even when it comes to athletes i don't have favorites i was never like oh man i would love to meet this person like i just i have an appreciation for creativity and greatness but i don't have like oh man that's the one or like it's, it's stop i have an appreciation for creativity and greatness yes easily top five quote on the podcast chad right 
Agreed. I mean, seriously. Come on, Chad. Are you Come on, serious? I, it's what I. It's 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 the truth. It's the truth. I don't have a favorite athlete. I don't have a favorite comic book character or anything like that. But I just appreciate people doing remarkable things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Favorite favorite album artist or track and and let's agree let's agree that my favorite one is still top three of all time for every single person rock superstar cypress hill they dropped it in 2000 i have never i've probably heard songs off of it but i'm not familiar (laughs) enough with the album to speak on it (laughs) Wait, where's my phone? Yeah, grab no, the phone. I'm grabbing my phone. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. And pre- oh man, that was my my favorite album of all time. Like I'm wildly uneducated on that. Are we ready for this? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Put in my notes real quick. Trying to take a bite of something. Was hot. A lot of chameleons out there trying to change up. Anytime something new comes along. Oh, I know this song. Yeah. Wants a bite. Thank you. Yeah, I know Don't this song. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people know this song. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too until yeah. we met today. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I just wasn't aware of the name. My bad. <laughs> but no, yeah, of course I know the song. Yeah, a bunch of uh, a bunch of TV shows use that uh, use the track. Yeah, like the the music. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, favorite album band. I, I just had to double check and make sure that I was going to say it right. But my favorite album is from one of my top three bands of all time, Manchester Orchestra, uh, Black Mile to the Surface. But the regular album, good. The demos, even better for some reason. The demos, they put out uh, a separate album that's just like the demos from that album. But a combination of those two albums, all-time favorite. Listen to it straight through. It's amazing. How long is it? Uh, not too long. The demos are, it's really short. I think it's only like six of the songs. And then the, um, and then the album, the full album. I don't know exactly how many songs, but uh, it, it's worth the listen. It's fantastic. And, and you got to listen in order. And who is it again? Manchester Orchestra. You have to listen in order. Adele was right when she made that deal with Spotify where she's like, Mm. I'll put it on. But you have to you cannot like you can't shuffle through. You have to just go through an order. We order these things this way for a reason. It's part of like the creativity. It's part of the experience. And I always like to listen to my albums in order because I feel like why would they put them in that? It's not they're just like I just throw them together however you want. Yeah. Like they do it meaningfully. So you got to listen. If you're going to listen to it, you got to listen in order. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. So so today we want we want to just dive into the buckets of sports and vision, dreams, aspirations <clears throat> we have in our lives. I I'd love to dive into the bucket of entrepreneurship. People use that word everywhere and you and I know that. But what you and Christina have created uh, in your individual businesses is really special. And I think that's a story that should be told. And lastly, I definitely want to talk about the future. 
uh, super amped up when we were together in Lansing a month ago yep. or East Lansing a month ago at the, I think it was the graduate hotel, right? It was a beautiful uh, graduate hotel. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Hey, it, I mean, literally that space was fantastic. Like East Lansing's on the rise. We were talking, uh, yeah, we were talking about that uh, before you came in actually. Oh, you were? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So, so seriously, like I, I'm like, Hey, I, I'm from Chicago. I'm ignorant. I, I like to play dumb about a lot of things in Michigan and we go to East Lansing and we go into this hotel, the graduate hotel. And I'm, I'm sitting down with John Paul Davis and David Thomas, all, you know, uh, basketball players, guys that, that love the sport doing way bigger things beyond the sport today. And, uh, and in walks, uh, uh, Mrs. Izzo. Yeah. Lupe, right? L- Lupe. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "Who? Like, who is this angel yeah. walking into this hotel?" Yeah, and uh, and we had a chance to say hello to her, and and you know, twenty other people walked in, and, and it seems like the graduate hotel is the place uh, where people get together and show up and enjoy company with other folks. Uh, and so, anyways, I don't know why I did that plug. Um, they deserve it. Discount there, but they, they I do. De- they deserve it. They're, yeah, they do. Right? They deserve it. It's it's a beautiful space. I I texted Alex, my assistant, and I said even the carpet was soft. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm like, this place is incredible. I didn't touch the carpet, so I can't vouch for that. But I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. It was. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about sports. We're gonna talk about entrepreneurship, and we're gonna talk about the next chapter. And 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 I I have to start. At one of the mo- one of the coolest things that I've seen in a long time, and it's the story of your dad, Tito, mm-hmm. Tito Horford, and he is not was he is the first Dominican-born professional player in the NBA. Yes, accurate. Accurate. Where does that come from? I mean, I, I mean, do you recall things about your grandparents? Do you recall things about maybe the way your dad and your mom grew up? I mean, where? I mean, gosh, I'm just like, dude, to be the first of anything. Yeah, to be the first of anything, and then to come from where he comes from. So he came over to the United States. He was 15 or 16. He was living in San Pedro, Dominican Republic. It's like they call it the shortstop capital of the world um, just because so many amazing baseball players come out of that yeah. area. Uh, dirt floors, a uh. bunch of kids in the house. Um, he was very tall. He was originally a baseball player. He wasn't a basketball player. And um, I think at least the story that he used to tell me goes that there was like a, there was like someone down there from the Yankees who was looking at, you know, potential prospects and, uh, saw him and I guess he was a pretty good baseball player and he was very, very tall. He was like probably like six ten, but he was fifteen and he's like seven one now. Um and he had mentioned to one of his friends who was more into the basketball side that, you know, there's this, you know, gigantic kid, very athletic, you know, might be great. One thing one thing leads to another thing and this kid who was living in the barrio in the Dominican Republic gets shipped off to live with a family in Corpus Corpus Christi, Texas, goes to high school there for four years. Um, They win four state championships. He's the number one college, or number one high school prospect in the nation. 
like him and Danny Manning were like one, two. Um, and, uh, yeah. And he ended up playing college basketball. He probably left a little early. Um, he got drafted in the second round, played professionally in the NBA for a few years, played overseas for over a decade. And, uh, it did what he wanted to be doing for the most part. How did that influence you and your two brothers? I love the story of brother. I mean, look, having brothers myself and being the third of four boys, I mean, anytime we get to talk uh, talk about uh, immigrant families with an incredible vision and work ethic for achievement, where we're not asking for things to be handed to us, but we are so relentless about the vision we have for what we think we can create on mm-hmm. our own through our own attitude, effort, and reality. It's just awesome to me. And when I read that story about your dad, and then I think about the story of you and your brothers, like, dude, that's just special. That's special. How often, and, and dude, you're so humble, I'm, I'm a, almost upset with you most <laughs> of the time. It doesn't happen, John. It doesn't happen. It, it doesn't happen super often. That's true. I mean, yeah. especially coming from where he comes from. I mean, it's amazing. It, it speaks to um, the level of commitment that a lot of those kids have in the DR. Like the amount of professional baseball players that come out of the DR, you know, and even basketball is on the rise in the DR too. I, yeah. I know there are more things going on there than just, you know, sports related achievement, but it's not a gigantic country. And for these kids to make it to the highest level of professional sports, whether it be, you know, baseball, basketball, it's pretty remarkable. It's pretty yes. remarkable. It's pretty remarkable, especially you see the conditions when you go down there that a lot of them are are dealing with. Um, it's far, far, far less than ideal. It's dangerous in a lot of places. Um, access is limited, but people are, you know, relentless and, uh, and uh, abnormally high number of kids make it out because of that uh that dream that drive that desire that grit yeah 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 totally so when you when you think about that if you can if you can reflect back a little bit is there is there something that you look back on that you say hey when this person did a b or c that was really meaningful like that either help me persevere or endure or overcome a certain situation. Is there anything that you think like we we need to be more mindful of as we consider how do we, how do we create the greatest outcomes in, in, in these different environments that we're encouraging people to compete in and and really aspire for excellence? Yeah. I mean, I guess first you have to, think about what is a great outcome because depending on who you are and what your aspirations are it's going to vary or based on your knowledge uh you know a lot of kids are so limited in their own knowledge that they don't understand that even pursuing a path and not getting where you thought you wanted to go can be extremely beneficial like pursuing a professional like i want to be a professional athlete and then being able to get a fluoride college scholarship and being able to interact and network with kids who are going to go on and um, you know be successful in their own right or have family or friends who are successful and 
to build that network, to um, educate yourself, to experience people that are coming from different parts of the world, different cultures. Um, I mean, there's something great about just being able to put yourself in that position. Um, you know, you were a college athlete. You, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it, it just varies. For me, specifically, the thing that came to mind when you were like, what, what was the experience for you? What was mm -hmm. the, what was the moment? What was, mm -hmm. what, what happened? Um, so when I was growing up, I was actually probably the, I'm probably the worst athlete in my immediate family of all my brothers and sisters. Um, yeah. Pl played at Michigan. Yeah. I'm pro I honestly, I'm, I'm the worst athlete, but I'm the hardest worker and they would all say the same thing. <laughs> I work hard. I'll work hard. I'll work all of them, but they're all more talented than I am for sure. So growing up, I, Man, I was on the. I started playing basketball in second grade. I was on the bench from like second grade, basically until I got to high school. Didn't really have opportunities, um, and and that's so that's the part. Like, didn't have opportunities. I worked. I wasn't the best, um, but I, I feel like at that age. So one of the things you're like, what should change? What should people look at? Like, um, in terms of helping kids to have confidence in themselves and to grow and to have a chance at success, you have to give them opportunities, especially yes. when you're playing in elementary school and middle school. I don't think coaches realize how important it is to find the right people to put these kids in positions to have success. We just, whoever's dad or mom has the time, come in, coach, like these experiences shape how these kids see the world and interact with their peers and the confidence that they have in themselves going forward. If you can instill in them an understanding that buying into this process of working on yourself and your mind and developing your habits over time will lead you down a path that will help you to improve and help you to navigate your surroundings better. You're setting these kids up for success versus what I had experienced growing up, which was I basically was getting picked up by teams every year. Um, and the kids would have dads who were coaching who were like, you know, his family, they're all pretty good athletes. He's an all right athlete, but I don't want him to ever have a leg up on my kid. So I'm never going to give this kid opportunities. And I didn't get shit for opportunities growing up. I remember it was funny. Um, I was in seventh grade and the coach that like picked me up every year. He went on a cruise, uh, went on a, a cruise for a weekend, and we were playing a tournament. So he was with what with his wife um, and the assistant coach, who was you know he's always very supportive. I actually ran into him randomly at a tailgate a few weeks ago, and you know told him how much I appreciated him doing this. But he played me, right? I had like twenty points in both the games we played. The kid who never played or never got off the bench came in and scored all these points. They treated it like. Um, when the, the manager at the end of the year, like you see those high school videos where the manager at the end of the year gets in the game and like cashes a three and like the whole crowd, <laughs> everyone just goes nuts. That's how they were treating me. Cause it was just like, oh my, this is amazing. It's a miracle. Like John, like you did so good, buddy. And I'm just like, but behind the scenes, there's a, there's a gym in Lansing. Everyone knows aim high, it's closed now. If you saw a little kid with a nappy fro that was very like, uncoordinated and unathletic there every single day, just working on his game. It was me with an older man with a hat. So my trainer, he trained my brother too, Larry. 
that was me. I was just grinding and grinding and Al grinding or Josh. and grinding. Uh, Al. Yeah. Al. Yep. And just waiting for my time. Right. So what was like shocking to them was I was like, this, this is, is what's this is expected. Like, yeah. this is like I've been working for. Yeah. This. If I didn't do this, then I, I failed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I was putting in the time and then his dad came back. I didn't <clears> play, you know, and then we get to high school. We get our high school coach, blah, blah, blah. I end up doing what I do and got a scholarship to Michigan somehow. And uh, and it's just like, you know, people are still like, man, I, I can't believe it. Like, you never play. You were so bad when we were growing up. I was like, I wasn't the best, but I worked hard and I didn't really get an opportunity. So having coaches uh, to give kids opportunities and to not treat fifth grade, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade basketball like it's NCAA basketball or professional basketball is a major key to helping kids have confidence. Like I struggled with my confidence so, so severely. I was like terrified every game in high school. Like people, if you ask anyone to play against me in high school, they'd be like, Oh man, that dude was absolutely like out of his mind, like an animal. Like I would like, I'd take my blood and rub it on my face. I would like scream at refs. I would (laughs) throw people. I ended I ended a kid, I ended this big football player who played at Michigan State. I won't say his name. I ended his high school basketball career because he hit me in the face and I came down and elbowed him so hard in the head and split his head open that his dad was like, and his dad was a coach. His dad was like, yeah, you're done. You're done playing. Uh, you're done playing football. Like I was a completely different person, but it was all to mask the, the insecurity, right? It was all, I thought, this is going to end at any moment. Like, I don't deserve to be here. Like, I've never played. Why am I playing now? I've never played. Why am I getting scholarship offers now? Like, I still doubted myself. I still had so much doubt, even though I was putting in the work, even though it was somewhat paying off. I had so much doubt because of the experiences that I had with coaches growing up. So we need to put so much more emphasis on making sure the right people are developing our youth. It's not crazy. It's like kids that have better teachers growing up get better grades, have better test scores, are more prepared for college. Like, it's not rocket science. We need better people teaching our kids. We need better people developing our kids and actually looking out for their well-being as a whole. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm like upset with humanity right now. It is what I, it is. I feel the same way. I mean, I you know, you and I've had this conversation before. I've said this. I mean, I think uh, mental is the physical as far as the one. And you know, if we if we tell our children, I mean, I just think of Atlas, who's 11, my son, Ava, who's 13. They are brilliant humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they come in this office with a suit on. In a briefcase. <laughs> and they're like, hi, I'm Ava Mesqua. I'm Manuel's daughter, and I'm here to work today. I'm working with marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, who does that? And to know, to know that adults can take away the gift of vision and attitude and aspiration and commitment and like possibility from a child that pisses me off 
yeah, it, sh- it should be illegal. Like it's, it's it, that, like literally like they should that, get their ass beat. It's it. They really should. It's yeah, that I mean, detrimental though. It's that detrimental. Like kids will hold on to that forever. Like a terrible, horrible experience with the coach, a kid in fifth grade will hold on to that forever. And here's the other thing I would have quit. I definitely would have quit. Like, I'm just being honest. I would have yeah, quit please. if I didn't have, I had one person really, really supporting me. Like, who? So Larry, the guy who trained me with and my hat. brother. With Larry the with the hat. Larry the the, the old, they always be like, who's the old man with the hat? He's the guy who trained me and Al. Um, he was, he was really the only person. My mom was so busy working. She was taking care of all of us. My dad, at the time, you're young and you don't necessarily understand things. He had gotten done playing professional basketball a couple years before. He was going through a dark period of depression because when it becomes your identity, being this athlete, and then you're not that anymore, and people don't treat you the same way, and they're not calling, and they're not showing up, and they don't make you feel like you know, you're the center of the, the universe anymore. A lot of people who have tied their identity to that, it just puts them into a dark, dark place. And I didn't understand that when I was a kid. Right. I'm just like, you know, I was like, I guess my dad doesn't want to like hang out, but he was in such a dark place that he couldn't. So we were extremely fortunate to have Larry and he was, he would not let me quit. He would not, he'd be like, don't worry about it. Let's just go work on your game. Let's go work on your dribbling. Let's go work on your shooting. He's like, it'll come together. It'll come together. It'll come together. Like, let's just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. And we literally did that for like, seven years before it paid off yeah i started in elementary school and it didn't really i mean it started paying off middle school like skill wise yeah it started to click right like that game like you don't just a kid who never plays doesn't just come in the game and score 20 if he doesn't have any skill at all so it started to come together but it didn't really pay off until i got to high school so it was a long time especially for a kid you know we want like almost instant gratification the fact that he was able to keep me on the line for that many years, I don't even know how he did it. It's too long. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. Like, it's hard. Like, I'll train some kids, like, because yeah. I do the, fr- I do like the free training and development. I've helped yeah. hundreds of kids, you know, probably thousands with the app, definitely thousands with the app. But yeah, blueprintathletes.com. Um, yep. Yep. Blueprintathletes.com. Um, but I have kids who work out for like a month and they're just like, man, I'm like, what's wrong? They're like, like, I'm not getting any offers. I'm not, like, I'm just like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, stop yeah. thinking about offers at all. Don't think about offers. I tell my kids, don't even think about winning. Just think about doing your job. Like, what's your role? What can you do to impact winning and success? Don't think about the winning. Just focus on your role. Yeah. I'm like, stay focused on running the court. Stay focused on getting the rebound, setting the screen, shooting the shot, holding your follow through. Stay yes. focused on the little things along the way. I was like, and you being consistent and pushing yourself past your limits will get you where you're trying to go. You just have to stay the course. Stay the course. The most simplistic message that you could give coaches today. What is that? Hmm. I would tell coaches that they need to focus on development. Focus on development. Develop your players' habits. 
because if you can get showing up to the gym and making 50 free throws before practice every day a habit, if you can make stretching, uh, you know, dynamic stretch before, static stretch after a habit, these kids, it'll stick with them. It'll stick with them. Help kids to develop good habits and work on developing their skills. No one cares. No one cares that you won your fifth grade basketball game or sixth or seventh or eighth or even your freshman or JV. Really, it doesn't start mattering until you get to like the varsity level. So until then, it should be super development focused. Like, I don't even care about wins and losses. Let's just develop our kids. Yeah. Are you getting better? Exactly. Are you Skill getting set improving? Are you a better teammate? Are you showing up better? Are you showing up earlier? You have a better attitude. Exactly. And, and getting coaches and programs to buy into this is really difficult. So why? For, for example, why? it's difficult why? because they don't necessarily understand it. They don't believe it or they don't know how to do it. But they don't believe what? They don't believe. Every, everybody says, oh, I want to win. I want to do what it takes to win. They don't believe that development is the way necessarily. Yeah. Like, so uh, I'll give a couple examples. So one example is I, you know, I've gone around the state and worked with a bunch of programs, and I go in and I do some very basic layup form and footwork type stuff. Let's go, um, you know, left foot, right foot, finish opposite with the left hand. Let's just go right foot, left foot, finish same side with the right hand. Just basic um, layup stuff, basic shooting footwork, uh, things like that. You'd be amazed. How many varsity level athletes in the state of Michigan? If I was like, I'll give you a thousand dollars, make five layups in a row, like make make five reverse layups in a row, make you know land on two, pump fake, step through. If you can make five in a row, I'll give you a thousand dollars right now. And they couldn't do it. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. Development isn't a priority when kids are young. So then when they when they get to the varsity level. It's not a habit. It's like, oh, I, I've gotten to the varsity level doing what I'm doing, so I'm going to continue to do it. Versus if we implemented this from the time the kids are young, it'll just be second nature for them to do things the right way, for them to go hard, for them to understand that if I want to accomplish my goals, I need to show up and I need to show up consistently. I need to have a good effort and I need to have a good attitude. Um, a, a good example. So I'm training a group of girls in Portland, Michigan. Um, I've, I'm from Grand Ledge, Michigan. I offered yeah. you and your brothers. Yep, me and my whole you. family. Yep, yeah. we're all from Al, Grand Josh. Yep, we all went to Grand Fox. Ledge. Yeah. We all went to Grand Ledge High yeah. School. Superstars, lit it up on fire. I don't a lot know of, about that. Well, Al, okay. Al, Alan Josh were superstars. If you wanted to drag it down, that's fine. Yeah, I'm Al, okay with Al, you. Alan Josh were superstars. Okay. They won a lot of games. Grand they both Ledge. won more than I did, actually. Grand, shout out to Grand Ledge. Shout out to Grand Ledge. So I I told the AD at Grand Ledge back when I had more time. Um, this was a few years ago. I was like, I will, I will set up the whole development program. We'll go from first grade through 12th grade. I'll teach all the coaches how to do it. Um, I'll give, I'll work with all the kids. I'll find out, you know, cause every kid's different. Everyone has different things that they need to work on to like be successful and different things they need to work on to even be close to where, you know, the average kid is. I was like, I'll do that work and I'll do it for free. I'll do it for free. Um, no one, and by the way, no one does that. You'll never find anyone who's worked with like more kids for free for over a decade than I have. It just doesn't exist. Like no one does it. 
I'm the only one. I believe it. I'm, I'm never, a dinosaur. I, I, you know that. I've never met anyone else. Yeah. I've never met anyone else who does. Yeah. Like, and I've been all over the country. Um, so I offered to do this for free. And he's kind of like, eh, I don't think he sees like the, the benefit in it. By the way, I mean, Grand Ledge had me, my brothers. who have never won a state championship. I've never even really been close. Like Grand Ledge has, doesn't have a great basketball culture. Um, so I offered to do this. They don't. So I'm training this group of girls in Portland, Michigan. It's a city like next to Grand Ledge. There's a few of the girls. There's like a four core that four core girls that I've been training for a long time. There's five now that I've been training. And uh, two years ago, they played Grand Ledge. They're in sixth grade. I remember they won the game by like two points. All right. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, pretty good, whatever. They played Grand Ledge like two weeks ago. Year and a half later, they beat them by fifty. Absolutely annihilated them. Like the parents in Grand Ledge were just like looking at each other and they didn't even score over 10 points. And my girls went a little easy on them because they said, I told them, I was like, why'd you guys start going easy at the end? Because I'm not their coach. I, I am their trainer. So I talked to them after the game. They came up to me. I'm like, why'd you guys like, I was like, why'd you guys go easy on them at the end? They're like, we felt really bad. Like these girls are not like, we just felt bad because they're not very good. Like, but that's like the difference a year and a half makes, you know, neck and neck to 50 point blowout and they went easy on you at the end because they felt they're sweet girls and they yeah. felt bad for you like but that's what grand ledge you know what i mean is missing yes like you need development and that's you know and i don't even get to i don't even work with all the girls there's like eight girls on that team i work with five of them but still they're the best they're the best ones yeah. but um like that's but people don't see it they don't understand it like it doesn't click <sighs> I, I literally, <laughs> oh my gosh. Do we have like five hours or no? We don't. No. Um, <laughs> damn, I'm like, why why do adults ruin everything? I mean, uh, they do. Children, they are born into this world thinking they're going to win. Every, every child born onto this planet thinks they're Tom Brady. And then we screw it up for them. And that's tragic. I mean, that really is tragic, right? I mean, when you and I talk about sports, we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about the next chapter in your life. Like the fact that administrators and parents can't get out of their own way when half of them probably don't even know what it takes to play a sport a that's of, tragic a lot that's of really don't. tragic i mean that that should be illegal actually like hey if you didn't play sports through college you have no voice actually be quiet have a muzzle on like a horse you should be muzzled shot or get training or you need to pass a course you need to be certified to be a coach but the thing is there's already you don't get paid to be a coach at those levels there are already so few applicants that they're basically just going to take whoever they can get. But that's the point. Why do people, why do fewer and fewer people apply for those jobs? Because I, I don't want to hear Bobby's mom yell at me. Like, I mean, why, why, do, why do people not apply for the jobs? They don't apply for the jobs because we're, we're getting hollered and screamed at by all kinds of folks who have no experience, mm. it doesn't mean they don't love their child. You, you love your child. You, you're absolutely committed to the school. 
I know you're wonderful. Everybody is sin free, flawless. I get it. But at the end of the day, I think some of the people who holler the loudest have the least experience playing the sports. And so why would any of us want to apply for the job? Absolutely. Why would I apply for the job? Well, I'd rather just sponsor the team and walk away. Because you want to help kids. Because you know that you can do a better job than the next person. Because you know that developing these kids is more important than winning these games. Like, it's great that it's great that the girls, like, you know, in that story, won the game by 50. It's yeah. great. And they yeah. should have won by 70, yeah. you know, in my mind. Yeah. But it's not about the winning. It's about improvement and dedicating yourself to something consistently. It's about yeah. developing the habits that lead to success and that translate to other aspects of life. That's what it's about. I don't care. I will forget this game. Like, I will forget that Grand Ledge game. Just give me some time. I'll forget it. I'm but, gonna remind you. But the lessons- 50, 50 points on these kids, so it's awesome. <laughs> but the lessons <laughs> learned, the habits developed, the relationships cultivated, these are the things that stick with us. These yeah. are the things that matter the most. And these are yeah. the things that schools should be focusing on. Michigan, I've tried to get Michigan to get more serious with development. Like, there's no reason why we can't be the best basketball state in the country. There's no reason. No one's doing like, well, there might be individual programs out there. But as a whole, Michigan's doing a, a terrible job in development overall. It's easy to let's find the kids who and that's another thing to say. Right. So with a lot of the kids that I work with and develop, I'm not looking for the best kids. It's easy to take the kid who's super tall and athletic and turn him into something. It's yes, it's easier yes. to take, you know, the kid who's super fast or just like some kids just pick things up way quicker. Yeah. Like it's it's easy to take those kids. Can you take a kid who's not very good, who's been cut from their team, who's been told that they're never going to be anything? and make them something can you do that right and through blueprint athletes which is you know structured progressive basketball workouts that i've used to develop kids for you know over 10 years and then turn it into an app in 2017 i mean i've been able to take kids that didn't play basketball or were told would never even make like a freshman or jv team in high school and they're playing in college like and, and there are situations like I, I know I mentioned the height earlier. Oh, if you're tall, you're good. Not necessarily. Right. Like one of my kids that, you know, uh, I love this kid. He's like a, he's like a brother to me. Um, he's playing at Davenport right now, but uh, got a full ride scholarship, went to a small um, class D school in Lansing. His coach told him that, you know, he was like six, nine on the JV team as a sophomore at a class D school. That's crazy. That's crazy. And no one worked with him on his game. He couldn't dribble the basketball from the top of the key to the basket. He couldn't get there. He couldn't get there. He just couldn't get there. Like if someone was in his way. And even if he was by himself, he couldn't get there. First time we ever got in the gym and shot free throws. I was like, let's make 20. He went like 20 for like 70 something. Right. And now he's like a 6'11 sniper. Like. <laughs> But the kid dedicated himself. He showed up, worked out, you know, five times a week. He let people laugh at him. Um, a lot of the kids that we, I mean, my kids don't do that. But 
um, my kids know better because it's more it's more than just making kids better. It's making them better people. It's not just about like becoming more skilled. But what got him to believe that he could do that? You a lot of times it just takes somebody believing in you. <clears throat> that I mean that, that I mean I think that's the point, right? Yeah. That's that's what I'm getting at yeah. is that you know the 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 tragedy and the hostility in this world and the the lack of progress and advancement and achievement is in us not putting our arms around our children and saying i believe in you dude are you kidding me i i don't care how talented tito horford was at some point in time a hundred or a thousand times he told you and your brothers that you could do it in some way shape or form somewhat yeah in some way shape or form. in some way shape or form yeah you need someone in your corner you need someone to believe in you you need someone to to prop you up when, when you're down like everyone needs that we all need that system that support system um like I, without Larry, I don't, I don't go to college. I don't go to the University of Michigan. I don't get that undergrad degree. I want to meet Larry. I, I, I don't win two Big Ten championships, yeah. right? I'm not yeah. the captain of the team. Yeah. I don't uh, get my master's degree from Florida. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, you barely miss, you know, being a national champion. Yeah, we went yeah. to a national I mean, championship game. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't do any of that stuff. You know, I'm not where I am today, even. Like, so throw the political stuff out the window, throw yeah. the two apps yeah. and the other businesses out the window. If it's not for Larry telling me, don't worry about it. Yeah. Let's just keep working. Yep. Don't worry about it. You're doing, you're better than you were a month ago. Keep working. You're, it's going to pay off. Yep. You can do it. I believe in you. If I don't have that, I'm not here right now. And I don't have any of the things that I have in my life. My life looks completely different. Completely different. Without Larry. Without Larry. Where is Larry? In Lansing, hanging out, waiting for me to give him a call to be like, hey, let's go train some kids or let's go work with some kids. <laughs> he loves that stuff still to this day. He comes to he comes to my training sessions when uh, I'm working with the kids. And uh, he's, uh, he's great. He's great with the kids, too. He's a shooting coach. That's his. That's his main thing. He's really a, a shooting coach, but I mean, he's a great, great basketball mind. You and Christina have individually built uh, really special apps online. Um, wh where did that like spirit for entrepreneurship come from? Necessity, really, to start. Yeah, explain that. So. I left Michigan after I graduated, left Michigan, went to University of Florida. Christina and I were dating. She was at Michigan State. Um, Go green. I can't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she was at Michigan State and uh, she didn't want to, she didn't want to stay in school. She wanted to come down with me and she wanted to figure out another path in life. School just didn't feel like the right path for her. It was the path that, you know, her parents had set her up on her whole life. It's like, you're gonna go to school, you're gonna go into the medical field, and that's what you're gonna do. And she decided that she did not wanna do that. So 
we were just trying to figure out things that she could do. Um, when we started dating, she had never really like worked out. She never lifted. She didn't like eat very well. Um, so we started dating and she started to develop some of these habits just by, you know, hanging out with me and being around me all the time. And she started to get really passionate about fitness. And she was like, I want to start, you know, helping people on their fitness journey, you know, kind of like I helped her. Like, she's like, I want to do that for other people. She's like, can you help me start this? And I was like, absolutely. I can help you start that. So, um, we just, we wrote the plans. We wrote the, the nutrition guides. Um, she changed over her Instagram to like a, a business like Instagram yeah. from like her personal Instagram. And, um, she just started with one client and then turned to two, turned to whatever. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And, um, and then eventually a, an app company reached out to her and they were like, we'd like to develop an app. Um, and put this content onto an app and you know allow people to pay for a subscription and uh and we did that and it, it really took off and she did super well with it but it's um yeah i, I really credit because and what i tell people who will ask about it or I'll, I'll even say to her when we're having discussions it's not that we're we provided anything that wasn't available already it was just truly that people like christina yeah. And who she is as a person and yeah, how awesome. she makes people feel. <clears throat> that's really what it was. We were not, it was, it's not anything like groundbreaking, but like, you know, most things in life aren't like, it's just doing like the, the basic type fundamental stuff yeah. and just being consistent with it and pushing yourself past your limits over time. Yeah. It's never anything like, Oh, like, you know, if, if you do, you know, if you can do three back flips into a tuck, into a barbell snatch, like, like it's just like you don't have to do anything crazy right yeah you, you just have to be consistent you have to be dedicated um so christina is really like the x factor when it when it comes to all of that so wildly successful i mean you and your wife and i think that's awesome uh both christina's business and blueprintathletes.com um we referenced that a few times but you know, the, the next chapter is what I'm super amped up about. And I know we only have a few minutes to talk about it, but uh, politics, right? And I think it's like human stewardship and service. And uh, Simon Sinek, I think, is one of the greatest authors in that space about leaders eating last and making sure that people are focused on their why. Mm -hmm. What is in the next 30 days? the next six months, the next year for John Horford? I really look at the political journey as um, cultivating relationships and just being there to listen to people and to make sure that people are heard and represented. Um, it's not too much different really in my mind than what I do with kids already, what I've been doing for over a decade. It's hearing people out. It's meeting people where they're at. And it's helping people, you know, based on what their goals are and what they have. Like, how do we raise up communities? How do we provide more opportunity to kids and entrepreneurs and teachers? How do we improve the average standard of living for people, you know, in our district, you know, in the Lansing area? It's all within the realm of possibility. Yeah. We just need to work together. We need to work together. We can get so much accomplished, so much more and so much faster than we think that we can. But everyone's in competition with everyone. And like, they, oh, they, if I give you if I give you this, it takes away from me. And it doesn't. I, well, 
I mean, that that's the biggest tragedy in life, right? Yeah. Is that people have this perception that if if you get two gummy bears, I'm losing two gummy bears. Exactly. And it's like, no, man, no. Like you can have this. I'm not actually trying to have any of that. Yeah. Like I'm your advocate. I want to support you. Like exactly. Let's get that done. My thing is way over here. We're not even on the. We're not even the same zip code. No. But that's not how it works, is it? It's not for most people. But like you said, it's an illusion. It's an illusion. We can all help each other to rise. We can all work together. We can all have success. We yes. can all, um, you know, we can all make our dreams a reality by helping each other. And most people think it's the opposite. Like, I have to take from you and I have to keep you from getting this because if you get too much, then I'm not going to have enough. And there's enough for everyone. There's really enough for everyone. Yeah. What, um, what is that next step for you? What, what do you have your eyes set on? If, um, if there were 100 people listening today that said, man, you know, Manny's my guy. I love him and anything he's about, I'm going to be about. Yep. What, what do you want those people to hear? In terms of just in general message supporting or you and politically? Your ne- yeah, supporting you in your next pivot. Um, politically, any help any help I can get would be much appreciated. If anyone was like in the Lansing area and wanted to knock doors or do anything like that, yeah. that would be great. Anyone who wants to, once we have, once we file officially, we're waiting for the, the new year to file. Um, any donations always help if you believe in the cause. What are um, you officially going to run for? I'm officially going to run for, so we're going through redistricting, redistricting right now. Yeah. So it depends on if this district survives the redistricting yeah. process. I'm going to run either way. But right now I'm looking at a house seat in Lansing that just got drawn in yeah. in the most recent revisions. And if that seat is no longer available, I'll be running for the state Senate seat in the Eaton County, Ingham County area. So Love it. Yeah. Who uh, who are two people you need on your side to make this a success? Who are two people I yeah, need on my side? That you side? need on your side, yeah, to make it a success. I don't care who they are. Just what are the names? Yeah, I need my wife, Christina. Yeah, done. Yep. She loves you. Yep. And, and I've not, not met her, but she's Yeah, and awesome. in all honesty, I, I need my uh, my political mentor, Angela Whitwer. I need her on my side. Huh? I need her on my side to win this, in my it. mind. Yeah, she's been fantastic. A wonderful friend and mentor. Yeah. Larry. Larry Dude, I Larry, love, I mean, Larry's seriously, always, I'm Larry's so amped up that you brought him up so many times. Yeah, that's my, I, that's I my guy. Yeah. In all honesty, Larry kind of raised me. Um, he really God, did. so special. He really did. So I mean, special. Not kind of raised me. He really actually did, like, raise yeah. me. I mean, I, I know we didn't get into it, but, I mean, my mom had, yeah. like, nine people she was supporting you know on her own and my dad was going through his whole period of depression and all that stuff and larry stepped up in such a huge way in my life and i was like the oddball out like i said i was not the i'm the worst athlete of all my siblings yeah i'm just the hardest working one like and larry was just like come on he like grabbed the ugly duckling and was like let's go to work and we did like larry worked with me before he worked with al 
it was when Al had seen how much time and like dedication and how much my game had improved and I was beating Al in shooting contests and stuff yeah. and I'm in middle school it's like this kid doesn't doesn't even get off the bench and he's beating me somehow in shooting yeah, yeah. like all right all right I'm yeah. gonna uh, can you can you get me to work with Larry can you connect us and then I put them together for them to work and then you know I had to be put on the back burner for a couple of years yeah and then but it all it all worked out it's all good and Larry's still still my best friend Man, that's so awesome. I mean, it just makes me, it reminds me of my brothers and I and, you know, my brother, my older brother, Alex, being the mo- the strongest, like toughest guy in the family. And then my little brother, Will, just being the most uh, talented kid. I mean, he's six foot three, just could dunk, could tackle, could catch everything. And, uh, but I always prided myself in being the toughest one with the least skills it was special man. we're the same man. seriously seriously it was just it was just such a special thing and i think if if, you know if we ever if my coaches and larry and and the two of us ever got together it would just be it'd be a lot of fun to have that conversation for a short guy (laughs) not a tall guy but a short guy with the tall guy talking about sports but man look um we could do a 2.0, a 3.0, a 4.0, a 5.0 on these conversations. Uh, two things I want to make sure that I hammer on as we pivot out of the, this discussion today is, uh, number one, John Horford is easily uh, one of the most talented uh, gentlemen that I've met since I moved to Michigan five years ago. Uh, in terms of skill set, talents, achievements, networks, fear of influence, could say whatever he wants, do whatever he wants, enter whatever room he wants. And and this guy is what you would say, hey, that's the Ritz Carlton. And so you need to know that. That's how I think and feel about you. Um, but number two, his commitment to be a, a, a team captain, a steward, an advocate for humanity is something just no one does anymore. And so I think as, as folks walk away from the conversation today, uh, we've got to advocate for him, get behind him, uh, watch what he will announce in the new year, uh, blueprintathletes.com uh, is an incredible business that he started passion purpose from the heart uh reflective of his family and uh let's make sure that we do everything we can to get behind this guy he is he's one of us and he's the type of person that i want my son atlas and my daughter ava to emulate and walk behind and uh and maybe they'll meet larry and maybe they'll meet larry if they want to be great basketball players larry's uh larry's a good person to know yeah and much love to your brother John, uh, Al. Much love to your brother Al. Uh, Boston Celtics. I'm a big fan. Brad Stevens, DePaul, uh, 99. I mean, what a, what a great team. And he, we wish him his the best. And, and hopefully he's going to have a great season and great seasons to come. Right? He's been having a great season, man. He, people, A lot of people were like, wow, how would you bring him back? But right? he's so – people who know the game – and appreciate it for more than just like the entertainment value realize the impact that a guy like al horford has yeah forget about it yeah forget about it 
forget about it. Yeah, he's uh I mean he's having a, a career, he's having a great year, yeah. an all defensive type year, an NBA uh you know, a, a potential NBA all star yeah. type year. So hopefully he can uh he can keep it up and uh he, he just wants a championship, man. He's, well definitely an NBA all star type year. Yeah. Definitely that. Yeah. Uh much love to your parents, to your family, to Christina, and I'm glad we were together today. No man, thank you for having me. All right, brother. Pleasure.